baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Lots to get to with Tim Lammers, but Tim, before we start with our reviews, our friend, my friend and yours, David Josephson, made an appearance on television yesterday on Fox 9, the local news broadcast, and he said these words on television. I'm going to play them for you, and you'll have to tell me, what was he talking about? Uh, They're wet and sloppy. What was Dave talking about? His galoshes. His galoshes. Very good. Safe answer. Safe answer. I was talking about the ski trails, thankfully. Nothing, nothing. Oh, but you know okay. what? Mr. Big Shot. Yeah, Mr. Big Shot didn't even mention the fact that he was on WC. You know, he's, a, he's got a job on WCCO radio. Didn't mention the fact that he talks to Tim Lammers every Friday. But we're, yeah. spo- we're supposed to get over that. Yeah. I, d- Dave, don't you know who I am? Yeah, right. <laughs> next time, Dave. Next time. Next time, I'll. Uh, uh, yeah. If I ever do that, you guys have the right to. Crack me upside the head right. if I ever go around saying, don't you know who I am? <laughs> uh, I love Nicolas Cage. I'm just going to start there. And anything. I, I, then the reason I love Nicolas Cage is because he knows he's Nicolas Cage, and he, that's, he plays into it. So he's got a new movie called Dream Scenario. Let's hear a little of that. Is this how it went? No, it's different now. Paul, you've been on my mind recently. Yeah. Because you keep popping up in my dreams. You don't do anything. You're just there. So... This specific person, the remarkable nobody. I've also had that experience. Do you have a picture? Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about you? Yeah. Very good concept. I've seen the previews for this and it looks looks very interesting to me. Tell us about uh, Dream Scenario. Well, it opened in limited release in November. Finally, it's wide enough where a lot of people can see it, and I hope they do because you're right. And Nicholas Cage, man, I mean, I think he just marches to the beat of his own yep. drummer, and and that's what I love about him. And this movie, I don't know if anybody else could really do it. And he's getting a lot of attention in in award season for this. Really? As well, oh yeah, because it, it's part comedy. I thought it was going to be all comedy, but he plays this uh, college professor. Uh, just a boring guy. He's really brainy. He wants attention. He doesn't get it. He wants to write a book that he thinks is going to put him on the map. But all of a sudden, he goes viral for a completely different thing. And that is by turning up in people's dreams. He doesn't control it. He just, he just shows up in their dreams every night. First as just kind of like a non-active participant. He's just walking through a scene and he waves hello. Next thing you know, it, he becomes more of an active, active participant in the dreams sometimes in an erotic sort of way. Not going to get into any details. Wow. Ayo. Ayo. And yeah, well, look at, you got to look at his character and, and, and in this film, and that's the funny part. Yeah. It's kind of a disheveled <laughs> um, kind of guy. Yep. He's a celebrity because he's in millions of people's dreams. Well, the dreams start to take a wicked turn, and people don't want to be associated with him anymore, and he's ostracized, and they try to cancel him. Uh, so it's, it's really an interesting movie in that, you know, it's part comedy and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this, 
I didn't think we're going to delve into psychological drama right. here, but it does. But what that enables uh, for Nicolas Cage is the fact to show us that, yes, he is indeed funny, but yes, he's also a hell of a dramatic actor. Yes, he is. Academy Award and, winner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just a really original movie. Now, I will say, I don't know, and not too many people know about this movie called The Lathe of Heaven, okay. which was a movie from 50 years ago with Bruce Davis and a terrific film. But it also reminds me of Being John Malkovich and in some ways, A Nightmare on Elm Street, oh. where Freddy Krueger haunts people's dreams. Yeah. And then there just seems to me a hint, maybe just because this is also a quirky movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Oh, yeah. Right. Have you seen that? Yes. It's a great I movie. I love and that, it's, yes. It's quirky. It's Nick Cage. And maybe, if not for any other reason, that's why that, this, that movie reminds me. I think of, when I'm watching this movie, I thought of The Unbearable Weight. Yes. So, yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, if you want originality, you know, obviously it's an independent film, and hopefully with any sort of awards recognition, even nominations, it'll raise the profile of this film, and people will get to experience Nicolas Cage at his quirkiness. Wouldn't that be something if he got nominated or even won an Oscar again? That'd be fantastic. I would love. Yeah, that. well, and that the great part about him winning the Oscar before was yeah. for leaving Las Vegas yeah. is that it gave him the opportunity to do big budget films, but as we've seen over the years, he does what he wants to do. And he does everything. And it doesn't matter if it's big budget or small independent stuff. So I I don't know if this will change that. I I would love to see him get a nomination, at least for something that's really quirky, which is what he's known for now, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, He's known for being, he plays Nicolas Cage in in movies as Nicolas, and that's kind of his thing. But yeah, you know, you mentioned leaving Las Vegas. I, I, I think it's been a couple of years though, but I remember I just stumbled upon it and watched it again, and just what a horribly painful but brilliant movie that was. It oh was, yeah, you know. I mean, sometimes you just got to go there, yep. and sometimes you don't get the Hollywood ending, right? You know, and and movies like that are are, are a tough sell. Yeah. And generally, you only get them around award season now. Now we get all the drudgery. Yeah. But this is interesting because it's not so much drudgery, but there's a lot of comedy, and I would say that. Like I say, it delves into darker territory. Maybe you could consider it a dark comedy more than anything. Uh, Netflix pick, or streaming pick, is uh, on Netflix. It's May, December. It stars Natalie Portman and Julianna Moore. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Why do you want to play me? When they sent me the script, I thought, here is a woman with a lot more to her than I remember from the tabloid. What would make a 36-year-old woman have an affair with a 7th grader? People, they like see me as a victim. I wanted it. Two great actresses. Uh, This uh, looks like an interesting movie. What did we think of this? It's a strange movie, I will yeah. say that. It obviously is ripped from the tabloid headlines from how many, how many years ago with Mary Kay Letourneau. They're not hiding the fact that this is based on that case, um, you know, where she had the affairs. I, I, I believe she was a teacher. Yes. I'm not sure. Yep. Yes. 
and and she had an affair with a sixth or seventh grade boy and they ended up having children together and the second one i think was born in prison so you have the same sort of scenario here except natalie portman plays this actress who's going to play this woman played by julianne moore in a movie and she goes to visit julianne moore and her much much younger husband who she did have an affair with back when he was in seventh grade And the weird part about this movie, Adam, is they bill it as a comedy drama. What do you find funny about a Mary Kay Letourneau situation is beyond me. Maybe, you know, maybe they're trying to go for satire. I mean, it's a look at this actress who will just go to sleazy depths to research a role. Yeah. And maybe you can say, well, that's, I would say it's, like I say, more sleazy than funny, but maybe in Hollywood's eyes, maybe they understand this stuff better, maybe more satirical. Yeah. I mean, satirizing actors and how far they will go, but I don't think this movie is funny in the least. It's just bizarre more than anything. I, it's too bad because I like both those actresses uh, very, very well. It, it, to me, it's a waste of both of their time. Talents, now, yeah. look, the independent awards, you know, the spirit awards, there are nominations for this film mm-hmm. and, I don't know. They, they, these Hollywood people are a lot smarter than I am, uh, Adam. So, you know, whatever. If they think that there's something there, you know, by all means, I, I'm, I'm hanging. I'm with stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to laud a picture because everybody else is. I'm going right. to tell you the truth about it. And the truth is, is this is just a very very strange movie. Uh, so, uh, as we, I've told you, uh, we've both Jordan and I have told you, we we are amateurish uh, TV viewing and TV criticisms. We do now on a weekly basis. Uh, we do a random review, but we pick right. a show to watch it. And a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, I think it might have been last week or the week before. Anyway, we got a lot of texts about this is uh, about the fall of Minneapolis, and right. both Jordan and I said, you know what, we should watch it. So we did watch it. And we shared our thoughts about it. I think it was last week or the week before anyway. But I know that you've seen it, too, and you wanted to uh, uh, chime in on the fall of Minneapolis. This is this uh, documentary from Alpha News and Liz Collin uh, yeah. about uh, the, the Derek Chauvin and the George Floyd killing and the aftermath. Um, you watched right. it, and tell me about your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, first of all, it's on the fall of Minneapolis.com, and you can also watch mm-hmm. it on Twitter or whatever. And, and I'm not going to delve into, you know, the facts of the George Floyd case. Obviously, they try to, you know, they do provide, you know, uh, additional documentation, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, which sort of presents a different side of the case. The thing that really bothered me being the uh, son of a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. uh, for so many years, and uh, the law enforcement family, my brother, yep. my sister-in-law, uh, a nephew. Uh, it, it, we're, I'm, a, I'm from a law enforcement family, and I have very strong feelings about how cops are treated. Right. And in the aftermath of this, you know, uh, police who had nothing to do with the actual you know, the, the killing that we're trying to, you know, protect the third priest thing that mm-hmm. we're trying to, you know, maintain order in the streets, but we're told to, uh, that they were denied riot gear, different things like yeah. that. And, and the way they were vilified, I mean, you get a real sense. And I appreciate that you and Jordana mm-hmm. touched on this aspect of it, Adam, about how you f- have a better understanding of what the police officers went through. Right during this time. Yep. 
And that's why this was a hard movie for me to watch, because I know of the police experience and not even being a cop. I'm not even I can't claim to even understand the stress that they go through. But I've been a part of that. So when you see a scene in this movie where there were heads from butchered pigs being thrown at police officers Mm -hmm. and knowing that your father was subject to that same sort of treatment when you were a youngster and that stuck with you and that triggered you when you saw that scene on the film. Again, I, I, I'm stupefied uh, of, uh, of, of the way that the, the, the things played out with the police during these riots. I, yeah, and that was my thought, too. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, the, 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 the evidence that's presented in that documentary. I, I totally understand that. I covered that trial extensively in the case when I was still in the newsroom before I became a talk show host. And yeah. I, after reviewing that, I mean, that was information that if you really paid close attention to the trial, you knew most of that information. A lot of people say, well, you know, they have criticisms about what was allowed in the trials and things like that. And my answer to that is yes, and that's why we have appeals. And so far, uh, those appeals have failed, even up to the Supreme Court. But on the note that you're talking about, I agree 100%, and I said that in the wake of what happened. What happened at the 3rd Precinct and how that was allowed to just kind of, they just kind of gave it up as kind of a, a symbolism in the moment saying that this, I, I totally agree with you. And the thing that it disappoints me too is hearing from those cops who absolutely, I have no doubt, feared for their lives with what happened there. But the criticisms of the city now, rightly so, and the leadership, and how difficult it's going to be still to get people uh, to become officers in the city of Minneapolis. How, what a difficult job the new chief already has to make that happen. Uh, seeing this and having this kind of exposure to this is going to make that job even more difficult. Well, I think people should see this documentary again, mm-hmm. thefallofminneapolis.com, if you want to see it. And, um, yeah, there's no wonder why nobody wants to be a a police officer in the city of Minneapolis after seeing this documentary, knowing that they were denied riot riot Mm -hmm. gear. I mean, okay, if you want them to vacate the third precinct, fine, whatever reason, whatever. But it was mass chaos out there, and I think that they should have been offered better protection than they were. So, again, coming from the standpoint of somebody who grew up Amid this tension, yeah. nightly wondering if my dad was going to come home, uh, knowing you yeah. know throughout his career was somebody where, that where, shot at. Was he a cop you know, in Minneapolis, Tim? I, I no, guess he I wasn't. Okay. Out, he out out my way. Yep. Knowing he was shot at, knowing that somebody came into our own house and oh. tried to stab him. Jesus. Didn't he? Didn't win. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's how tough of a son of a gun my dad was. Amen. And, and it's because of his memory that. I need to stand up and I need to talk about this sort of thing and how wrong I think it is to talk about this blanket vilification of the police. People need to get an understanding. So I I implore that people watch this film to make up their own minds. Okay. You can still disagree. That's fine. We all have the right to look at things and judge it for what it is. But this is the way after seeing it, obviously it deeply upset me. Yeah. Um, So, but it, it also just sort of, uh, 
made me want to dig in for my support of, of uh, you know, police officers and what they go through on a daily basis. And again, this is all apart from the trial. This whole thing with uh, hating police has been going on a long, long time. Yep. But I've been with them and supporting them every step of the way, and I will continue to support them. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Uh, thanks for your conversation today. We'll look forward to talking uh, next week. Yeah, we'll talk about lighter stuff again next week. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Adam. Tim. You bet. Have a great weekend, sir. Tim Lammers, who joins us every Friday, uh, brought to you by uh, the fine, fine folks at Bradshaw and Bryant, uh, personal injury attorney seeking justice for the injured. You can find them at minnesotapersonalinjury.com, and you can hear more from Tim at directconversations.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.